What's up? Welcome back to episode three of the Texafornia podcast. Every single Wednesday here, uh, we are co-host. I'm David Roseman. I'm Paige Brazenton. And we're here talking about all things, uh, you know, cultural, political, entertainment, whatever's hot this week. Today, we're talking about the new super smash hit on Netflix, Bridgerton. Um, there's going to be a lot that we're going to talk about with this one, the show itself, a lot of the interesting controversy surrounding it, a lot of how things have changed between now and then. And I'm going to let uh, my gal Paige take it over and get us started. Go ahead. Absolutely. So there's a lot of interesting things to discuss about this show. And first off, before we even get started, there will be spoilers in this episode. So if you've not watched Important. the series and you really want to watch it, make sure that you actually uh, click off and come back and watch our episode after you finish the series because we don't want to ruin it for you. Right. We're going to give you two seconds to click off. Two, one. All, All right. right. Go ahead. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different things with Bridgerton, both the show and then also, you know, the portrayals of race, of feminism and of sex, which is a huge part of the show, <laughs> uh, which is a huge Focus part of the you, show. So um, we're going to definitely be discussing that and see what exactly we thought of everything. Is there a specific spot you'd like to get started on, David? Um, I don't know. Where do you even start? I'll let you take over and uh, put the focus on you for the first point. Okay. So I think that one of probably the most interesting things is kind of looking at this society in general and stuff, because it's, you know, supposed to be a Regency era England, but of course, you know, they've taken a lot, a lot, a lot of liberties, you know, to make it more interesting, um, you know, with the costumes, uh, things like that, you know, there's a lot of things that are not exactly historically accurate. And then, of course, they've used a colorblind casting, which is a really interesting thing. So this is really the first period piece about this time in England that has, you know, cast that are Black characters, particularly, you know, that are Black characters who are portrayed as some of the upper class and wealthy people. So I think discussing this colorblind casting is really interesting. Yeah, no, let's start with that. Um, first off, around what time was this actually supposed to be portraying, like general? Um, it's supposed to be during, um, I think, King George and Prince Char or uh, Queen Charlotte's um, reign, which is the early 1800s. So like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember exactly if there's a year. Please comment down below if we don't have the year. Yeah. But, yeah. but if there's an actual year, I would say it's probably between 1800 and 1810. Yeah, I ask that for a bunch of reasons. But I think the colorblind casting is one of the most fascinating parts of the show. I find it interesting because I feel like in modern day, we don't do enough colorblind casting of modern shows. So it's very interesting to see a show that's so colorblind in a time that was clearly so not colorblind. And I've seen a couple of different takes on this. I'll start with my personal opinion. Personally, it was one of my favorite parts of the show. I thought it added a lot of depth to the show, depth to the show, and it added a lot of interesting perspective that you wouldn't normally get. For example, I think it also added a new audience that you wouldn't get either. I think a lot of these shows, especially these 1800s period pieces, they kind of get this reputation of being only for like, you know, young white girls who are really interested in finding their Prince Charming. And they're thinking about this old pastime when their Prince Charming was really available, right? And I think that's one of the biggest parts of it. So by adding more racially divisive casting, you're actually adding an audience that normally wouldn't even really be considered 
in these type of roles. And I think that's really, really cool. But obviously I can see people on the other hand, like my girlfriend, Erin, for example, who was not a fan of it. She felt like it was more of a whitewashing. She felt like it was so, it was so colorblind that it ignored the very, very real racial inequities that obviously plagued that time, especially in high society. I mean, the in, in that way, the show is very unrealistic and I could see how people could take it either way. What was your general thoughts? Yeah, so I think that both of those are very legitimate uh, viewpoints on this issue. Um, and I would say it's definitely true that really this has brought in a definite, a very different audience that a lot of these like period type pieces of drama would have. You know, I think of a show like Downton Abbey, for example, like kind of kind of a similar concept in a lot of ways. But Downton Abbey, you know, was a all you know they were white cast because it was supposed to be historically accurate. You know, um, other than one character who comes in in like season five or six or something like that. <laughs> um, so. You know, it's portraying it, it was portraying it to be totally historically accurate, which was interesting. But you know who likes Downton Abbey? My mom. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> people, people like my mother. I really love Downton Abbey. It's a great show. But, you know, it really doesn't draw in the type of audience, you know, that this show is. Um, and of course, I think this that's what made it such a, a cultural moment, right? I think that's why it's so interesting. If you had the exact same show and every single character was properly period piece white, I think the show would have half the cultural relevance. And I think that alone is a reason why I think it's a success that they did it this way, because I think the fact that you're having all the conversations that we're going to have now and that other people are having on different places, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, the like, those reasons alone, I think, show that it was a success. And at the heart of heart, fundamentally, I think that's the point of colorblind casting is to make everyone feel like they can relate to the show in one way or, or another. Absolutely. So I think I agree with that. And of course, let's note that this is a Shonda Rhimes show. Yep. Um, so it's a Shonda Land show, which really also brings in an audience because people have high expectations for her shows. You know, she did Grey's Anatomy, which I never watched. Um, How to Get Away with Murder, which I did also not watch. You watched also Scandal, Scandal, which I loved Scandal. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it is a Shonda show. So people really had a trust in the creator of the show to create mm -hmm. something interesting and worth watching. Um, and I think that that is a huge factor in it. But really, I thought it was interesting that they really only address race one time in like the entire show. Did you notice that? It wasn't at that like one weird part where there was something along the lines of like, uh, you know, old king married. So we're allowed to be it was very like understated. Yeah, it's something it was... basically I think they were implying that one of the previous kings had married someone black, which allowed them to become royalty. Did I get that right? Um, I think it's a, that the current king had married because the queen was black, remember, um, in the ah, show. Okay, so the okay. queen is black in the show, So, um, which is actually based on a historical rumor that um, the real Queen Charlotte was mixed race. Um, oh. That's never been confirmed. Of course, there's really not any way to confirm that. Um, but there's, there's rumors about that. Anyways, but... Basically, uh, they said, oh, well, the queen married the king. And so then we just have this perfect mixed race society now and everyone doesn't even see color anymore. It doesn't exist. And it was like a like three or four line like explanation of the colorblind casting of the show. And it wasn't even was, the first few episodes. I think no, that was, it was like episode what was most interesting five. about it, right? <laughs> it was like after episode three, I'm like, I don't even think they're even going to address it. And when they did yeah. for a moment, part of me was like, hmm, why even bring it up at this point? Yeah, but then like, part of me was like, okay, right, they had to at least slightly acknowledge that 
all these people are not what they actually would normally look like. <laughs> See, I feel like that's, it's interesting, but it kind of creates like a, not false history. That's not how I want to say it, but like, it's almost like a very fantasy land, you know, in a lot of ways, like it's not, you know, it's supposed to be based in a certain period, but it's very like fantastical in the way that it's being portrayed. Um, so I think that probably that's one of the more interesting things. But I also think that it, it kind of is almost problematic. I, I see your girlfriend's point because, you know, it talks about, oh, well, the queen married this white king, this black woman married the white king, and now all of our problems are fixed and there's no more racism. And this is 1800 where, you know, slavery is, of course, still legal in the United States. It had been banned in England not that shortly before this, you know. Um, so it's like, okay, well, you know, all of a sudden we have this perfect society. Like, it seems very inaccurate because, you know, here in the United States, we, of course, had a black president and President Obama. And I don't think anyone would say that in our country, we've totally fixed racism completely. Cured racism, no, right? There's no, no, no racial, <laughs> there's no racial tensions in the United States. There's no racism in the United States because we had a black leader. I don't think anyone would argue that. So in some ways, it feels kind of unrealistic. So I almost kind of agree with you. I wish they wouldn't have even bothered throwing out the explanation because like the explanation mm -hmm. just left more like questions than answers and that obviously isn't going to be a focus of the show they don't want to address it or deal with it they don't mm -hmm. want to like deal with the very re real you know aspects of the time or like you know what's going on in the world at that time so if they're not going to address it in other ways like why even throw out an explanation you know no I agree and again from my personal opinion I think the explanation was unnecessary but I did like the casting but I'll touch a little more on what you said and kind of my girlfriend a lot of other people's perspectives yes it it creates this narrative that by the you know by the marrying the white king you know the white knight has saved has saved us all and now we live in this great post-racial society and I just think that is a very it's dangerous I'll say that but I do honestly feel like the show did it very, very well, but I can totally understand how someone who was not educated about the time could use a show like this to say, oh, I mean, things weren't that bad. I mean, the 1800s, <laughs> look, I mean, look at all these successful high society people, all the, all the white women <laughs> yeah. in the, the show want their daughters to marry the black guy. You know, there's no <laughs> racism, right? So I could totally get that, but I, I truly do feel like they did it well enough. And I feel like if they had done this well in any modern day show, there would be no controversy at all. Because I do think this is overall a good thing. And this is where shows, especially in the modern day, should be going. They did a really good job of not just black and white. There's there's like a few uh, Asian people you'll see scattered through. There are a couple of Indian and brown people who are historically underrepresented, uh, underrepresented in any sort of show that isn't all about them, essentially. Um, I think that alone deserves some kudos. I think there's no perfect way to portray race in this country in anything. I think if there was, we wouldn't need a show, but <laughs> because there isn't, I think, I think they did a really good job, but let's talk a little bit more about some of the controversy surrounding the show otherwise. Like what were some of the things you wanted to bring up? Well, we can get into the controversy, we can talk about I think that the feminism and sex issues are both very tied together. Oh, so yeah. we can kind of talk about both of them at the same time. Um, so obviously, you know, as progressive as the show is showing itself on race and stuff, it's like race isn't even a factor. You know, it's still very, very gendered of a show, you know, like it's a very like 
strict gender roles, like women are very controlled, whatnot. And I think that that's an interesting thing. And actually, I would actually argue that this is honestly not as historically accurate as they'd like to say it is either, um, which is interesting. That's, that's yeah. interesting. And I'll let you pick up on that a bit. But um, so, one thing I want to touch on in that is, did you ever, I'm pretty sure you didn't, but did you ever watch the show Hollywood on Netflix? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Oh, simply put, um, the show Hollywood is a retelling of 50s Hollywood, where okay, instead of all the gay characters being shunned, they're accepted and it kind of brings them to the forefront. It's like a retelling. Mm -hmm. I feel like this show was a racial retelling, but they also try to go out of their way to not make it a, um, you know, a gender retelling. And I found <laughs> that was uh, very interesting. And I feel like had they had done that, the show would be completely to the point where it was so unrealistic, it wouldn't be worth watching. So I'm interested to see what you think. Yeah, so I think it's interesting. Um, I think one of the first things we can talk about in the show is uh, the character of Marina, who was the pregnant character um, yep. during the, the show. Girl? And it's the mixed race girl, yes. Yeah. So she is pregnant during the show and it's a, considered a huge scandal in the show. It's like, oh my gosh, she's pregnant. She needs to get married immediately. Oh my goodness, like this is unheard of. It's so horrible. But actually at this time, it really wasn't that unheard of. Like we have records really? of the church. In yeah. royalty? It was more common among more common people, but she was kind of portrayed to be more common than her cousins that she was staying with were. Okay. Um, so basically it was very common back then that, you know, you would get married and your baby would be born like five months later, <laughs> you know, completely healthy and, you know, correctly, you know, fully developed and whatnot. Um, because back then, you know, people had to be able to pay, you know, money and dowries and things like that. And you didn't have enough money or, you know, the ability to provide for your family until you got older. So a lot of times couples would get together earlier. And then, you know, you can see on the church rolls where they get married. And then a couple months later, the baby is born and christened in the church. Um, and so it wasn't as unheard of and like as horrifying as it, you know, seems to be. Um, on the show but, but it would have been the, very important for her to get married for sure but wasn't the scandal of it not that she was pregnant wasn't the scandal that it was she didn't know who the dad was no she knew who the father was he went to war and he died during the well, war yeah sorry not that she didn't know who it was but it wasn't any of the people she was courting isn't that like what made it different that no one would want it wasn't the problem wasn't that she was pregnant she was pregnant and the guy wasn't around so no one would want to take care of a baby that wasn't theirs so i thought that was the point yeah, essentially, but they kind of make it sound like she's like totally ruined her life, which wasn't totally accurate either. Um, so I think that's interesting. But then you kind of have the fact so, that- So, okay, I guess what sorry. I'm saying is in, in real life, if she was pregnant, what? how do you think that would go? I think that's what I'm missing from your explanation. I think ideally she probably would have married the father of the baby and stuff. But in this show, they've created this conflict of he's gone off to war. So like, and then, you know, the- aunt or whatever is stealing her letters from him or something which doesn't mm. make you know that part doesn't make any sense because it's like she's actively like sabotaging the solution to the problem because she wants to marry her off to the really old guy which again just doesn't like make that much sense um so I think that's interesting but I do think that it was very accurate in the concept that like when it, they see the character of Sienna who's the um opera singer girl and basically yeah. she has a lot more like sexual knowledge and sexual freedom than the upper class girls who have literally no understanding or knowledge of like <laughs> yeah like that. Daphne <laughs> like Daphne I, I think that to me was probably one of the most like horrible things I think happens in the whole show is like she, this girl literally gets married and she's like 
mom, like, what am I supposed to do now that I'm married? And the mom can't tell her the word about sex. Like she, like, so she goes into marriage with no conception of what sex is. And I think that's like, it's honestly so horrifying and stuff like, to think Which about Which is so that. crazy because they make it clear that basically your goal as a woman is to have children, right? Get married yeah. and have children, but they don't ever explain to them how it works. Yeah. And, so and it makes so. you wonder, how do they think it happens? They think it's like the stork or something is just going to fly in the second you get your vows. Well, I mean, it was interesting because they, the girls, like when they found out that Marina was pregnant, they were like, oh my gosh, marriage isn't part of getting pregnant. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> and, and it's so sad because like they didn't have goof excuse me, <clears throat> they didn't have Google or anything. So it's not like they could figure out like, how did this girl get pregnant? Like yeah. mm -hmm. they, can't, they don't have any resources to find it out. And their mothers are just like actively lying to them. And mm -hmm. then you see the brothers and the brothers are off just like screwing random people. And like, they know and not everything. getting them pregnant. <laughs> and so they know what they're doing. They know everything about sex. And then the girls literally have no clue. And she sends her into her honeymoon with no concept of sex. Like how terrifying must that be? Like, you're like, what even is that thing? Like, it's terrible. Like, I don't know. It's portrayed it, the whole thing like is... it goes smoothly, but I feel like if it was realistic and stuff, like, yes, you have like some instincts, but the concept that you have no clue what's happening and then you just like have sex with no idea what's happening to you, I feel like that's okay. kind of scary. Of all the misleading things and the things where they took too many liberties from me in the show, the first night she has sex is so crazy. Like, <laughs> Okay, I'm not even a girl. And I've had so many of my friends talk to me about like when they discovered that they had a vagina, like they the pee and there was a whole different hole where they were being from. Could you imagine, even if she had fingered herself before it, and it's not like she was fingered, so she's probably just rubbing her clit, right? So the idea that she realistically is going into this night where she has never probably used her vagina for anything. They didn't have tampons back then. And then she's just having sex like, oh, <laughs> amazing this is so easy I thought it was I thought it was almost like wrong the way they missed it was so natural and easy and great and no, then I, like I was like this is so so far from wrong like she just comes the first time everything's great like I'm like no this is not okay this is the worst thing in the whole show for me <laughs> I feel like I completely agree with you on that because it just like to me again the concept that like you have no concept of what's happening and this guy just you know like gets naked in front of you and gets on top of you like why would you not be like scared I understand and like, you're not horrified <laughs> you know? like why would you not be like scared and the, the whole thing just like didn't make any sense and again he doesn't even bother sitting down to explain it to her which was kind of like awful on his part too like he just jumps on the poor girl like <laughs> and, I, and I think that's something interesting that we can talk about too because you know people say later on in the show that she you know sexually exploits him in a way and stuff like we let, let's go ahead and jump into that because I think it's so interesting okay. that like, yeah tell them the controversy for that so basically in episode uh six um it's discovered and, and I think this is another unrealistic thing it's discovered that basically they have a ton of sex, but he's pulling out every single time. And Which she, they do show. Yeah, they show and they and they make it clear that's what's happening. But again, Daphne, who knows literally nothing about sex or how it works, has no understanding of what's really happening. So he's told her he can't have children. So she thinks he's infertile for some reason. She's like, okay, like he has some sort of medical problem. He can't have children. And then it's shown throughout the show that he's just like basically exploiting her lack of knowledge at all. And just continuing to like pull out even though she desperately wants children and he's not explaining to her at all like what's happening or like why he's doing this or like whatever and she thinks it's normal because she has no idea what's happening like 
But also uh, in fairness, he did say that he was like, what? I didn't say I couldn't have kids. I said, I didn't want kids. No, I, I she... thought you, you saw me nutting the whole time. Like, <laughs> I thought you understood. I didn't, I think it was, I think he was genuinely confused. Like, I think they portrayed him that way. No. He was like, what do you mean? Like, you didn't get that this is part of the deal? Well, she said, he says to her, I can't have children with you. No, he said, like, yeah, he said, I cannot give you children. He didn't I say, I give... can't have kids. He said, I cannot give you children, which is a, but again, it's a very semantic thing. And she calls him out on it. She's like, that's not the same thing. Like, I cannot give you children sounds like I'm infertile. I have a medical problem. Like, that's what she heard when she heard that. Sure. And, and she doesn't have any concept. And again, he literally just like exploits the fact that she has no idea what's happening the whole time. Go get to the controversy. So the controversy is she kind of learns from like a maid something about stuff and she starts asking questions and she finally like corners the house uh, maid and stuff and is like, explain to me like how you get pregnant. <laughs> and she finally figures out that like he's been making sure she doesn't get pregnant essentially. Um, so then they're having sex and she actively like rolls over on top of him and starts riding him basically. And she, you know, and he's like, okay, he's like really enjoying it at first and he's like wait wait and he you know comes in her and it's a moment where he's like very offended he's like why did you do that you know and she's like what do you mean like you've been lying to me this whole time essentially and a lot of people have looked at that and said that it was a rape or something like that um but I don't know that that's necessarily you know how I feel about it go ahead and speak about how you feel about it first I think this is one of the most fascinating discussions in the whole show. There are a lot of things going on with the racial stuff, the colorism stuff, which I think are all legitimate, but I think of all of the, but I feel like they all have an asterisk, right? Like, yes, but they're so unrealistic because none of that would ever happen. There was really nothing to discuss, right? Like all the race-based things, we all know that everyone was white, right? So there's no point in having an in-detail discussion about something that's unrealistic, but this I think is very realistic the idea that we didn't have really even concepts like rape in the 1800s, right? Like girls got raped all the time and it was not seen as the sort of traumatic, horrible thing that it is and that it is looked at today. And especially the idea that a woman is raping a man was like triple ultra mega unheard of. Like, <laughs> and I think rape is really the wrong word, but I understand that the spirit of it is there was a point where he did not want to engage in any more sexual relations with this girl for any reasons, you know, regardless there's their, uh, whether they might be selfish or not. And he was basically forced, you know, to continue. And they do a really, really good job of shooting it to where he's never like, hey, stop. And he also he says, is never- wait. <laughs> yes, yeah. right? And he never throws her off, you know? It's not like she's like forcibly pushing him down yeah. per se. But they also make it very clear that this is not something he wants to happen, right? And I think the, the real problem is, and the reason we can't look at this in 2021 20, eyes is because these concepts didn't exist. This woman knows nothing about sex, right? Like, yeah, she's having a lot of it, but she doesn't, she doesn't even know how you get pregnant until like right now in this moment. And I think there is more to it. Also, she's under the belief that he physically cannot do it at this point still, or that either his semen doesn't work basically because she, the uh, maid explained how it happened. So either it wouldn't matter if he came in her anyway, or that she's, he can have children with her, 
but he is purposely trying not to. So it depends on your intention. I think regardless, it was wrong for sure. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's such a deep, like level three concept for someone who was like a level 0.005 understanding of sexual relations, <laughs> that it's almost an unfair argument to be made at her. Does that make sense? I completely agree with that and stuff. And I, and I also think, you know, I personally think you could push back and say like, was there consent to the first time that they had sex and stuff, you know, right, she, seems in, right. she seems into it, but how can you consent to something you have no concept or understanding of? Like, to me, that, that alone was like, you know, so I feel like there's some issues on both sides, but there was, of course, the concept of rape, um, just to push back a little bit on you. There was the concept of rape and stuff, but rape was more like a violent attack. There was no concept of marital rape. So like mm. you're, when you're doing it in the marriage bed, like neither of you are capable of like, you know, raping each other, essentially. You know, and you can argue that marital rape is still a very underexplored concept today right? And that's hundreds of years later. So getting that kind of discussion then is just like unheard of, especially female to male marital rape. That's like level eight, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think it, you know, I, I think that it's kind of extreme to call it that and stuff. I could say that you, you know, manipulated the situation and stuff and made it you know, more negative, but I don't think that you would say like, oh, this is really for sure, you know? that she was really truly assaulting him. I think she was trying to understand what was happening because she felt like she had been lied to. And in the way she went about it was probably wrong, yes. But I think she was trying to kind of like understand what was happening. And I think he did a lot of wrong things to start off with, you know? Yeah, and I think it is, it is interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, we don't talk about the first time they had sex and that's because it's so horribly mis labeled as something that was great for her. And that was super awesome because she masturbated one time. <laughs> so now she understands everything about sex. But I feel like that's, yeah, that's much closer to the actual rate because she doesn't even, un she's never even heard of sex at this point. She has no idea the concept. And this person's just taking off their clothes and like jumping on you. And you're supposed to just go with it because they're your husband now you know, yeah. even though you've known them for like a month. So I could definitely see that as more of an underexplored controversy in the show. Yeah, I don't think that people are talking enough about that. Um, just because she's like excited about it or something or she's like interested or she trusts him. Like the fact that she doesn't, he never explains to her even like what is happening, I feel like is a problem. And again, he continues to exploit the fact that he never explains it to her for months. I think it's also one thing I think it's kind of, you know, interesting or scary or funny or something is the fact that like they're trying to act like this man would have perfect pullout game for the entire marriage and that like there's no chance that she'd get pregnant during the situation like she probably would have eventually gotten pregnant anyway with this strategy oh, for, sure. for birth control and stuff so like people were talking they're like this man definitely has illegitimate children out there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> like if this is his like method and stuff and, and it's like yeah so I think the idea that they're portraying it as like, you can definitely use the pullout method and you will never get pregnant. Not very accurate. Please do not do that. Do not trust the Bridgerton, any of the things <laughs> you, you've seen portrayed, do not trust that. Yeah, no, Bridgerton <laughs> sex education is definitely not where you wanna get most of your knowledge from. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was a really uh, interesting point and stuff. Um, and then I think, you know, in the end and stuff, they kind of do, flip a switch very quickly and like 
they just like get past this issue, which is interesting. Right. It's like, ah, all right, like, we're having eh, a kid. whatever. Nah, we're just okay. gonna have a kid. It's fine. <laughs> and I think it was kind of like I was mildly horrified that the most romantic moment of the show is when he like gives her his semen essentially. And <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like, how is this like the height of romance? Like, this is kind of horrifying. No, there's an episode, I believe it's episode six, where like all they do the whole episode is have sex. Mm-hmm. They just have sex the whole episode. I'm like, <laughs> they banged so the many times dreams, in this episode. Uh, and, you know, to Taylor yeah. Swift's wildest dreams and uh, piano music. Oh that was a really gosh, fun was... part of the series, I think, you know, that they included oh, the music? Those, those songs, you know, with the like, you know, orchestra versions of popular songs and whatnot. And of course, the wildest dreams was like an R-rated, you know, love story video from Taylor Swift, like back in the day. <laughs> no, it was very well scored. I'll give you that. I don't know, but that that episode was a mess. Let's let's talk a little more about the show itself, can we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, first off, what did you think of the show? Personally, I thought it was an interesting show. I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a good show. <laughs> I actually would agree with you. It's funny because I, you know, I had my friend who told me to watch the show in the first place and she's like, oh, it's so great. The Duke is so hot. You know, there's like these steamy scenes and whatnot. And I started watching it and I was like, I'm kind of bored. These episodes are really long. They drone on. And I don't feel like they did a very good job developing the characters in general. Like, I don't feel like I connected with any of these characters. I don't really care about any of them. I can barely remember half their names, you know, and, and, and that's, I know there's a lot of them and stuff, but I think about a show like Downton Abbey, which I mentioned earlier, also mm-hmm. has like a ton of characters. And I can tell you almost every single one of their names, like, and tell mm-hmm. you a whole lot about them. I don't know anything about like half of these people because I feel like they're very underdeveloped characters. Like you don't find yourself caring about their stories, even when they have an interesting story, like you still don't care about them that much. There's just something lacking. And I just, I don't even really know like who some of these people are sometimes like, you know, Daphne, the Duke, and then there's like Penelope and Eloise, and then like yeah. who else? <laughs> Lady Danbury was pretty well done. Lady um, Danbury was cool. She was. And really then cool. the um, uh, Sienna, the Sienna, the, the opera singer, opera yeah. girl. She was pretty good, but I mean, other than that, like <laughs> like all the cares, brothers just know? run together. <laughs> I didn't even, okay, I didn't even realize she had this many brothers till like episode seven. I was so confused. I was like, who are these people? Yeah, like there's like the nice, like youngest brother who's trying to marry the pregnant girl and then like that doesn't work out. There's the middle brother who's like super artsy. There's the other brother who's like kind of the controlling jerk, you know, of the family trying to like marry her off to the crappy guy at first and whatnot. Like there's just so many brothers. And it's so the older brother was so impossible. I hated every scene he was in. I'm like, can we please get this guy off the show? And they want me to be sad for him at the end when Sienna picks the other guy. No, I'm not sad for him at all. (laughs) I mean, he definitely deserved it. And Sienna deserved better. She was wonderful. She was one of the most interesting characters on the show. And she just got like totally, you know, like screwed by that, like literally and figuratively. Like, no, exactly. like nothing good happened to her and stuff. And it was just very sad because like he used her, which I think is probably actually very accurate is like these upper class men going around using lower class women, you know, that was very historically accurate. I'm sure, you know, that these men were going around taking advantage of women essentially in their situations. And then just, you know, being like, well, I can't be with you. Like, I love you, but I can't really be with you. Like, girl, if he wanted to, he would. <laughs> I'm going to go exactly. with my TikTok trend, but like, it's just so like, 
the whole thing is really sad and stuff like and I find it hard to feel bad for him I think the next season is actually supposed to be about him but he sucks so much I don't want to watch him like I feel like I'm gonna let you know right now I'm not watching a season focused on him at all (laughs) and I feel like that's one thing they really messed up is they didn't do a good job developing these like secondary characters so all anybody cares about is the hot duke and Daphne and then they're like Mm. gonna switch characters on us and stuff and you're like well where's the hot duke and Daphne and they're like gonna be side characters but everyone just wants to focus on them yeah they have like will who's like the big uh brutish black guy who gets in the fights and then he throws the fight for the dad (laughs) and then the dad dies and i'm just like who cares the dad's been in eight scenes why would i care that he's dead yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know and like even the featheringtons and stuff like the other family and stuff with all the like redheads i also Mm -hmm. i just want to like defend redheads right now i really dislike this trope of like if we want to make an ugly family, we make a family full of redheads. Like redheads <laughs> deserve better than that. Like people like Nicole Kidman, there's beautiful redheads out there. Like the concept that they're like, we'll just make this like less low quality family with the redheads. Like I just, I didn't like that. I feel like it's a very gross trope. Um, that's funny. It's not even a trope I've recognized before, but I could totally <laughs> see how that's authentic now that I think about it. Oh, anyways, but you know, like the character Penelope and like the reveal, it was interesting because oh. like I figured out that she was Gossip Girl or, you know, whatever. Lady Whistledown. <laughs> XO, Lady Whistledown. Well, I figured out she was Lady Whistledown like halfway through the series because like, uh, Pen- or whatever, Eloise. Yeah. Eloise talks about, she's like, the Featheringtons aren't attending parties anymore. And then she doesn't really ever pursue that line. I was like, oh, it's definitely Penelope now. And then she releases information about the pregnancy and whatnot because she's upset because she mm-hmm. likes the guy she's trying to marry. Um, so like, I, I figured it out. Like, they were like, oh my gosh, it was such a shocker. I didn't really think it was a shock. I was like, it made sense. Like that was who it was. Well, I, I it was a shock to me because the logistics were so off. And I guess <laughs> I'll get into that in a little bit. I won't bore you with the logistics, but basically first off, Penelope's real like actor, Nicola is like 33, but how young is she portrayed in the show? I don't know. It's very unclear how it's old these really people are. It's really misleading, right? <laughs> Cause they treat her like she's like 12. Like this, cause she's supposed to just be introduced into society with the rest of them. So she'd have to be like, 15 14 or something like that which is really confusing older she'd have to be closer to 18 (laughs) i don't even know it's really underexplored but the point is she they're i mean they're not super rich and she has no time because she's always around her family how in the world is she writing all this stuff taking carriage rides going to her factory to get everything printed out distribution the logic is like so beyond anything that makes any sense for them to just be like, ah, it was her. Like, I don't know. It it was really not there for me. (laughs) I mean, it's the same thing with the identity of Gossip Girl in the end. I won't spoil that in case you're like seven years late to watching Gossip Girl. It was kind of the the same thing, um, you know, but I just, I felt like there was not a lot in terms of like development of these characters. There was not a lot in terms of like that even making sense. And then it didn't really feel kind of similar to Gossip Girl. Like it didn't feel like an important thing by the end of like the season. I was like, I don't really care who this person is like there's just nothing interesting about it i honestly felt like there was no point in doing the reveal because it was so uninteresting like eloise is really like one of the only people even looking for lady whistle they yeah, like just the like everyone else has just cared. moved on yeah, yeah and the like, queen cared and they basically didn't even explore why the queen cared i don't know it, they they did a really bad job of that and if they're gonna make new seasons why would they expose penelope as lady whistledown 
I just, I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think that there was a lot of things that I'm like, I feel like the show had the potential to be really great. And it was only mm -hmm. kind of like, it was okay. But it I just agree. like I really- I think it was a great concept with eh, writing and eh, execution. And the great <laughs> concept was enough to get me through the whole show. And that along with the controversy and all the other stuff around it that made me yeah. interested. But the show itself, I'd give uh, six out of 10, watchable. I would call it watchable, but I would not call it like anywhere near my favorite shows or anything like that. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I felt like I never really got invested in any of the character stories, even like Daphne and the Duke and stuff. Like, I, I don't know, you may push back on me. I didn't even feel like they had that great of chemistry sometimes. Like, especially it was, it all felt very forced sometimes. And, and, and I don't want to speak negatively of the actress or anything, Daphne's actress, but like, you know, they're like, oh, this is the hottest girl of like the entire show and stuff. And I was like, every character on Gossip Girl was more attractive than this. Or, okay, but they I gave her those horrible the... bangs. They gave her those horrible bangs, which she literally is not certified. She's a lot more beautiful than she is in the show. See, that's going to go into the last point that I personally want to make, which is the fascinating and staunch difference between beauty standards in uh, the 1800s to now, which you expect to change. What you'll really find interesting is female beauty standards have changed wildly and male beauty standards, eh, about the same. <laughs> if you took most of the, the men who were supposed to be like the hot guys in the show and got rid of their insane sideburns <laughs> and gave them a lineup, they would look a lot like the hot guys of today, right? You know, yeah, but the yeah. women all over the place, like, you know, Daphne, you know's character right you know very beautiful woman phoebe in real life but mm -hmm. in the show she's by far the best looking person on the show but like is that you know does she have ten thousand instagram followers in 2021 i don't know <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> no in, in real life she's really pretty but again the way that they did her with those bangs they did her dirty like she looks horrible with those bangs on and it's so sad, like these just little weird like wisps. <laughs> and then they're like, <laughs> like sometimes they weirdly yeah. like stick up and it's like, can we? But I guess that was just what was in, they were into at the time. And even like, you know, Marina, who is this pretty girl or, you know, or just Penelope, the staunch differences. And it was just so dramatic. Like, I just feel like they did a really bad job of explaining what the standard was or what made Daphne like so much better looking than some of the other women in the show because they couldn't use race, which is another thing that made it tough. It was all over the place. Man, yeah, there the was a lot standards. of things that were like very <laughs> weird. Oh, one thing I think that was really like, I found kind of disturbing on the race element was like the scene where like Marina is being like inspected by the old man that like they're trying to marry her off to. Like, mm -hmm. I just felt like there was like a lot of negative echoes in that. And I didn't like the way that it was going about. I was like, this is really horrifying and gross and I don't like it. Like, you know, I, I felt like, you know, again, we're approaching it with this historical vision that like maybe the show is trying to deny exist in this world or in this, you know, frame of the show, yeah. but mm -hmm. it just, it definitely felt weird. Um, but, you know, I think about other Shonda shows and stuff like a Scandal, for example, um, which I was a big fan of for the early seasons. It, it also went off the rails and stuff just later on in the show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the main characters on that, Olivia Pope and the president, like they have amazing chemistry throughout almost the entire show and stuff like and I just mm -hmm. didn't feel like that was there. And like in the very first episode of Scandal, for example, like you get kind of invested in like figuring out what's going on here like what is the story behind it like I don't feel invested in any of these characters I agree honestly my my last take on the show is good show but if they had made it 
four episodes instead of eight, it would have been a lot better because the last four kind of droned on a bit for me. But um, I think that pretty much covers everything about main topics, controversy. Um, really hope you enjoyed it. This has been another episode. We're going to do this every Wednesday, not most Wednesdays, <laughs> not some Wednesdays, every single Wednesday. Comment below any topics you guys want to see us cover. We have any sort of range, politics, television, entertainment, whatever you guys want. We want to try to make this very holistic showing and a show that, you know, people who normally have different viewpoints and a lot of things can kind of see and understand each other. Um, anything you want to wrap this one up with? You want to add in last second? I think that sounds good. Um, please give our podcast a review if you liked it. We would really mm -hmm. appreciate that. It will help us grow. We are a new podcast, so we'd be really excited for that. Yes, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave a comment. And if you're on Spotify, we really appreciate it as well. And we will catch you all in the next episode of the Texafornia podcast. Thanks. Absolutely. Bye. <laughs>